Thessalonians chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me. It says, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This has been in many ways the, uh, the verse, the passage that is kind of the, the centerpiece of what we've been talking about for the last few weeks. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We've talked about the value of prayer, how it can have a ripple effect on our entire life if we're willing to uh, give that to be something that is not just an aspect of, of who we are, but, or, or of what we do, but of who we are. And to be people of prayer, that will have a ripple effect on our entire life. And I hope that you still have that rock that we handed out from, from week one, where everyone got a rock, and it was the analogy of when you're maybe at, at a lake or a body of water, and you throw a rock in, and that, those ripples will eventually cover the entire pond. And prayer can can in, very, in, in many ways be that, to where it covers everything in our life. And it really should be that in a lot of ways. And then last week, we looked at the logistics of prayer because a lot of people will ask the question of, I don't know how to pray, so what do I do? And we looked at that. And we also looked at the idea of fasting and what the Bible has to say about fasting and the importance of it and the difference that that can make in your life. And I hope this week, maybe you took that challenge and, and maybe you, uh, you had a day or a time of fasting and prayer, and I hope that God showed you something during that and that it did make a difference, and I, and I know that it will. And so if you haven't had a chance to do that, maybe you'll think about that and consider that as, uh, as you move forward into this week. And if you miss that, you can certainly jump online and, uh, and listen to last week's message right there. But you know, I don't want to leave it there. I don't want to leave it right there because life can punch you in the gut. Different things in life can hit you and knock you down and leave you laying on the mat for the count. And sometimes it forces us to a place where we're asking tough and difficult questions. And we get discouraged. And we get to a place where we, we maybe are internally asking some very tough questions. You might be sitting here this morning with circumstances being whatever they might be in your life, asking God and maybe internally asking some difficult questions. And I believe that this is a place that we should be able to, to bring those. I've mentioned this before, but, but we shouldn't have to feel like we have to walk in the door and have it all together. So we need to be able to, to maybe walk in with those questions and, and let's address them. As I said last week, we, we talked about the question of, I don't know how to pray, and so what do I do? And, and I do think that there, there are more people that have that question than, than would probably admit. But this week, I want to ask Another one that's also a tough question, and it's this. I ask, and I ask, and nothing ever happens, so why bother? This is a tough question. This is a, this is a difficult one to, to really start with. This is getting honest. This is getting really honest and raw. But, you know, oftentimes we will pray and we will get discouraged. We will get really discouraged when we don't see immediate results. We don't see the results come in, and so we just quit praying. We quit praying because ultimately we're asking this question in our minds. But if faith and prayer and Jesus can't meet us right where we're at, in the here and now, today, then what are we doing? What are we doing here? What's the point? I think it's important to be able to ask this question. 
I have a couple of friends of mine that are going to come up and, and share their story with you. Steve and Nikki Carter, uh, members of our church, and uh, been good friends of mine for, for a long time. Um, I was Nikki's youth pastor. And, and uh, they have been going through... Um, they have been going through something over the past year, year or so, or more, specifically dealing with the idea that we're looking at today of unanswered prayer. And I know many of you have gone through something in your life where you feel like you have an unanswered prayer, where you feel like you've been asking God, and you've been asking this question, I, I ask and, and I ask and, and nothing ever happens, so why bother? They've been, at least within the last year, but they're going to tell you a little bit more, dealing with, with issues with, um, with infertility and what that has looked like for them and the way that God has taken that and, and transformed that. They've got a little dude named Rylan who's, who's back in there, and he's an awesome uh, little guy. He calls me Jake because it sounds like Jay, I guess. I don't know. That started, what, a couple years ago? I don't know. And so we just kind of left it, and, uh, and so I call him Brian. That's not his name. Um, his name's Ryland. Um, but he's an awesome little guy. And, and as, as they're going to tell you, they, they've never felt that that was where God was going to be done with their family. And so they've gone through some things and through some struggles over the past year. And it's, and it's actually almost a year to the day that, uh, that we were, and as they'll tell you, within our life group, talking and, and praying with them about what God was going to do. So... Guys, t just sort of tell everybody, where did this process begin with you guys? Yeah, so it started um, when we had Rylan. We had always talked about when we were dating, when we were uh, engaged, how many kids we wanted and what we had dreams for as far as our family and what we wanted that to look like. And we always thought that we wanted to have more than one child. So um, Rylan was a huge blessing, but we always felt like we wanted a sibling for him. We wanted uh, another child to complete our family. So... Um, after we had Ryland, not too long after that is when we started um, trying to have another child. And days turned into weeks, turned into months, turned into years, um, and nothing was happening. And it was a very frustrating time for both of us. Um, me as the husband and head of the house felt like it was my job to be able to provide um, for our family and how we wanted our family to turn out. And so that was a very frustrating time, um, and I mean, we went to some very extreme lengths to try to make it happen. Um, at one point, we ridded our house of chemicals. Um, we had air and water in the house. That was it. Um, we literally got rid of everything else. Um, we changed our complete lifestyle and how we did things to try to make this happen for ourselves. So when did things begin to change? Because I know you, you had a few other things to deal with as well in there. Yeah, so um, there was a point, this is probably three and a half years in, um, that we got pregnant and had a miscarriage. Um, and that was, as the husband, one of the hardest things that I've had to do is try to support Nikki through that um, and try to help her to move past that and to trust that God has a plan. But I got to be honest, there were a lot of times that I was doing lip service in that. I didn't believe that that was the case, that I was just as frustrated and angry, but trying to put on a face to help her through it. Yeah. Um, 
it during that process there really were no words that could be said I think for either one of us to feel comfort in that and it was so frustrating because you know we just felt like if we could control the situation all we had to do was get pregnant that you know that was gonna solve everything and never once thought that you know we would have to deal with a loss on top of you know dealing with infertility for so many years and that just was like pain on top of pain yeah so where are you now what's what's going on now tell, tell us about the last last year so um the last year actually like jay said um <laughs> a year almost to the day we started doing infertility treatments and we did three rounds of iuis and that was kind of for us like our last like this is our last try and if this isn't going to work then we're just going to shut the door and you know um, we're going to be a family of three and all of the iuis failed and that felt so defeating and just as bad as having a miscarriage and i was just bitter and angry and to be honest with you you know you just like at that time everybody's getting pregnant <laughs> everybody's having kids and it's so like more evident that you know it's painful and it's there and God started placing these little seeds and I started seeing them and um, talking about fostering and it was popping up everywhere whether it be um, a lesson from Pastor Ed a uh, advertisement for meetings on social media all of these little things and they just kind of kept growing in me and I was vocal about it with him and his exact words were no <laughs> <laughs> so going through that I mean all that pain all that anger that bitterness the range of emotions we went through she started presenting that idea and I couldn't reconcile having a child placed into our family that was not mine and loving them the same as I would my own child. And I had a, a tough time with that. And we had lots of late night conversations about it and I was very resistant to it. And she, she asked me, she said, will you agree to do one thing and go to one meeting? And I said, okay, I'll go to one meeting. I can tell you what I'm gonna say when we leave the meeting though already. So we went to one meeting uh, probably about an hour long and we walked out we sat into the car and she turned to me and she said well and I said I'm sold I'm sold <laughs> and I still remember her starting to tear up and because she was feeling the same way and what what God revealed in that one hour meeting he put ironically enough a Christian caseworker in there for our meeting that was able to tie in some faith-based things along with the realities of the situation. And I just remember God kind of revealing to me in that hour that all of this pain, all of this heartache, all of these unanswered prayers, as we saw them, um, were for a reason. There was a reason he took us through there. And as we were talking, Nikki and I were talking about this when Jay kind of presented us with the idea of coming up here, um, the thing that just keeps sticking out in my head is unanswered prayer. That term in itself is something that we use all the time. Uh, that's, it's an unanswered prayer. It's something that, you know, we've been praying about, but it's not happening. In reality, though, 
unanswered prayer to me now is I didn't get my way. And that, that, was, that was the process. That, that was what we went through is if God would have given that to us, I would have said, praise God, and he answered a prayer. But all of a sudden, when I don't get my way, then it's an unanswered prayer. And in reality, he was preparing us now for this process and where we're at now. And he has done like a 180 change with my heart in realizing there's, there's kids everywhere. There's kids in this world that need his love, that need his care. And he can use us to do, to, to do that. And that's, that's a super cool thing. So we have finished our um, uh, training, and we are currently waiting for our license to clear. And we now are just currently, like, praying about the kids that we're going to touch. And, you know, maybe that adoption is part of our journey, too. So. Yeah. Awesome. Give it up for them. You know, the idea of a prayer life and you know, as, a, as opposed to just an aspect of what you do, that it's, it's a part of who, who you are. We can't answer all the questions. Um, we can't answer all the questions that you have about prayer. We can't, um, we can't do that. I'm not, I'm not really going to try either. Um, all the questions that you may have about unanswered prayer, look, I have questions at times as well. We don't have the mind of Christ. We don't have the mind of God to understand exactly what is going on there all the time. But you know what? That's not my goal. Um, the goal is for you to know um, as you leave here that you know and believe that God is for you and that your prayers, your prayers really do matter. And in his time and in his way, he is working. He is working. I want you to write this number down. 7,487. 7,487 promises. That's how many promises are in the Bible from God to man. Depending on where you look, it might be a little more. <laughs> this was about the average number that I, that I found. Regardless, that's a lot. That's way more promises, I think, than I've ever promised anybody my entire life. But that's a lot of promises. And you can count on all of them. Many of these promises are promises that have to do with God answering prayer. Because prayer matters. That's the next fill-in, is prayer matters. Steve and Nikki are in, uh, are in my life group, and... Uh, and our group is now split into two groups now. But at the time, our life group was with them in the, in the middle of it, in the, in the trenches of prayer, praying with them, praying for them daily. And so there were, there were many times where I would get a text from them and my heart would sink. But we would still continue to pray and pray for God's will to be done. You want to talk about the value of a life group, to have that group together during that season for them, I know, helped tremendously in terms of encouragement and things like that for them. But you know what? It's still not over. They're still kind of in the middle of going through this.
But it's amazing the way that God has shifted things for them to what they maybe saw initially, as I said, as an unanswered prayer. God has just kind of turned on its head and given them an answer in a way that they never saw coming. Because there were definitely times when we were talking and we were going, praying with them and they would come into the life group and, and we would talk and, and, and you know, even just, just being honest and raw here for a second of saying things like, you know, does, does God actually hear me? Those ideas go through our head. Does this even matter? We, I know that, that there's times like that where that goes through our heads, that those ideas go through our minds. But you know what? If it didn't matter so much, Jesus wouldn't have focused on it so much. Jesus wouldn't have emphasized it as much as he did. He wouldn't have lived it out the way that he did because he did. He lived it out so much. There are so many instances in scripture of him taking things to the Father. I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. He basically took everything to God in prayer. In Luke chapter 18, verse 1, it says the disciples should always pray and never give up. Jesus said this to them told the disciples that they should always pray and never give up. If you're a disciple, if you're a follower of Jesus, it is never too late. It is never too late. Lazarus, we've maybe heard the story of Lazarus who died and was in the grave, and Jesus rose him from the grave three days later. It wasn't too late for him. His family still continued to pray, and it wasn't too late for him. If you want a little bit of homework, read the rest of Luke chapter 18 this week. And you'll see the story of, that Jesus tells of a woman who continued to pray and ask and pray and ask and pray and ask. And she never gave up and she was given justice for her situation. And he was telling that story as an example for us about how we should pray and never give up. And it even says in verse 7, Jesus said this, So don't you think that God will surely give justice? To his chosen people who cry out to him day and night. See, no matter what you're praying for, keep praying. Keep praying. God may change your heart. May change your idea of how you're praying for it. May even change the circumstance. More than likely, he's going to change you through the circumstance. But don't give up. Don't give up. Jesus promised his followers that persistence in prayer, the persistence in prayer would be rewarded and that promise is good for all of us as well. But as Steve even mentioned, it doesn't mean that he's going to answer the exact way that we want. In fact, Jesus himself was, was very persistent in prayer. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but he had what maybe we would consider an unanswered prayer himself. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7, it says, While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears to the one who could rescue him from death. And God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence for God. See, even Jesus was praying with persistence, a prayer that in many ways did not get answered humanly the way that his human side wanted to. See, Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. But that 100% man felt pain and got tired and all of those things. He didn't want to go through the pain that he knew was coming. But it says in Luke 22 here, Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives, and after the Last Supper, he goes to the Mount of Olives to pray. And knowing what's to come, 
He's begging and pleading with God about it. In Luke 22, 42, and 43, he says this, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Then goes on to say that he was sweating blood because he was praying so hard and was in so much anguish and anxiety over it. Yes, Jesus nearly had an anxiety attack over this. But his unanswered prayer, if you want to call it that, was our gain. Because Jesus' unanswered prayer secured our eternity. God does amazing things with unanswered prayer. God knew what he was going to do the whole time. God knew that he was going to use that time to prepare Jesus for what was to come. And God knew that allowing his son to go through this was the only way. God knew that letting Steve and Nikki go through this was the only way. God knows that maybe whatever you're going through is the only way. Stay persistent. Prayer matters. I want you to see Jesus' posture, though, in this particular area. Because here's the lesson. He said, Father, your will be done. Your will be done. I want to avoid the pain and suffering if possible. But Lord, if the end result is that you get the glory and you need to use my short-term pain for your long-term plan, then I'm willing. And he was. And praise God. Psalm 145, 17 says, The Lord is righteous in everything that he does. He is filled with kindness. He is righteous in everything that he does. He is filled with kindness. Listen to me. It's not punishment. What you're going through, maybe what that unanswered prayer feels like, it's not punishment. It's part of the plan. It's part of the plan. You might think that God is putting you through this as payback. I've heard that from people before. Well, I've done this and I've done that, so God's just punishing me, or it's payback. That is not it at all. That's not it at all. Despite everything you've done, everything you've gone through, there is always hope. Because what you've done can never outdo what God has done. What you, what you have done can never outdo what God has done. And what I mean by that is there's nothing that you've done or will do that will make God love, love you less. There's also nothing you can do that will make God love you more. You can never outdo what God has done. The amazing thing about God is that, that there is no one who is too far gone to receive his grace and mercy. No one who is too far gone for that. There's also no one who is so good that they deserve his grace and his mercy. Sometimes we don't pray because we don't think we're good enough. We don't think we're good enough and that he won't listen. Stop believing that lie. Stop it. Trust in the promises of God that are going to happen in his time. They're going to happen in, in his time. And in his way, I have a quote for you from a woman named Lisa Turkhurst, who's written many Bible studies, incredibly smart woman. 
She said this, what if God decided today to answer every prayer you prayed last week? Would you be utterly blown away or deeply grieved that you hadn't prayed more? Wow. Think about that. Think about that. Would you be Would you be blown away by what God has done in your life? Or would you just maybe be full of regret that you hadn't prayed more? Prayer really matters. I've said it before, it's the most powerful thing that we have, and it's the most underutilized thing that we have. We get to talk to the creator of the universe at any given time. How amazing is that? privilege and that he cares about every little thing going on in your life. He, he wants to talk to you about all of those things. He wants to hear what's on your heart. Even in the times that it doesn't feel like it, it doesn't feel like he's there. Even in those times when it doesn't feel like he's listening to you, when it feels like you might as well be praying to a, a wall, that is the time when it matters the most. That is the time that you need to go to him even more. So the connection point for the day is that your unanswered prayer might be an answer to prayer. Think about that. Your unanswered prayer might be an answer to prayer. Stephen Nicky's unanswered prayer has actually been an answer to prayer. He's, he said it a little bit, but I'll, I'll reiterate it because we were talking about this a couple of days ago. The term unanswered prayer really shouldn't exist if you think about it. Because are there really unanswered prayers? Or is it just his will being done? And is it just us not getting our way? You may be sitting here feeling like you have an unanswered prayer. And yeah, we've heard, we've heard the thing of, you know, God has three answers for prayer. It's either yes, no, or not right now. Okay. It's true. That doesn't always help us in that moment to think that through like that. God is still moving regardless. God is still moving regardless. And it may just be us not getting our way. But if we don't have a relationship with him, maybe that doesn't even make sense. Maybe, maybe you don't feel like God's talking to you because you've never really talked to him. 1 John chapter 5. Beginning in verse 13, it says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. So that you may know, not that you may be pretty sure, not that, not that it'll make you feel better for a little bit, but then you're gonna screw up later and God's gonna take that away. No, that's not how it works. God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. What God does, he does forever. It says that in Deuteronomy all the way through. He never changes. You may know you have eternal life 
this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. You see that? If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. If we ask anything according to his will, that's an important phrase. He hears us. Would you bow with me? I believe there are some tough questions sitting here today. I believe that some of us have, have felt like God is just not listening. Let me tell you that could not be further from the truth. It's not gonna be in your time. It's gonna be in his time, but we can trust in the promises of God's word that if we ask anything according to his will, that he hears us. He is an incredibly gracious and loving heavenly father. But if you don't have a relationship with your heavenly father, that is the place that we need to start. As I said, God's word says that you can know for sure. These things have been written to those who believe in the name of the son of God so that you may know. If you don't know, if you're not 100% sure, that you're going to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus, that is a great place to start. And then you let him take control of your life and you watch what happens. If you don't know, if you're not 100% sure, would you maybe be willing to do something a little bold right now? I'm not going to ask anybody to get up or raise their hand or anything like that. If you feel led, please feel free. But if you don't know for sure, would you be willing to maybe just make eye contact with me? Would you be willing to just look me right in the eye? Just me, you, and God. We will see it, and we can talk. And if I don't find you after the service, come find me. Father, I love you, and I thank you, God, so much for your love. I thank you that, Lord, even in, in those times of pain and and what we feel is suffering, that God, you use those times, that you use those to grow us. God, you use those to bring us closer to you and to reveal your plan because Lord, sometimes we just get in the way of what you wanna do. So Lord, I pray that if there is one here that's struggling with what they perceive as an unanswered prayer, God, I pray that you would, your Holy Spirit would just move in such a mighty way in their life, God, that they would be willing to, to see things from your perspective and to see what you're doing. Lord, if there's, if there's one or two here today that don't know you as Savior, Lord, that's the place that we need to start to have a relationship with you, to be adopted into your family, to accept that free gift of eternal life. God, I pray that your spirit would move in a mighty and powerful way as we continue with worship, to worship you, Father. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just stand.